Hello there. Welcome back to episode 69 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Today, we are taking a look at the unknown conspiracy fugitive and orders in our chronological rewatch of Star Wars The Clone Wars. These are some really hefty episodes, which is ironic given that it's a uh, you know, the episode number, um, as, uh, as Eli pointed out to me before we started recording. Um, but yeah, any, anything you want to say before we, uh, before we hop in, Eli? Nope, just welcome back to Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob, as um, always. Yeah, uh, th- by the way, this is the start of Season 9 of Star Wars in a Galaxy, so... Yes, it is. Excited season to get 6 of this. the Clone Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Wait a minute. Oh... Wait, season nine, season six. This is Illuminati right here. This, this is, is just, this is Illuminati. The Illuminati confirmed. has conspired to do this for us. They're just. I think they, I think Fives would want to talk to the Chancellor about this. Oh yeah, yeah I think would. Fives would want. Uh, but before we talk about Fives, about the Chancellor, Shock T, all those great characters, let's talk about Boba Fett. Oh my gosh! The Book of Boba Fett, Episode Two, uh, the Tribes of Tatooine released. Uh, the Wednesday before we're recording this, we're recording this post two pre three. Um, by the time this comes out, three will have already been released, and I will have already been on the Bombadcast stream. If you have not checked that out, I'm sure it will have been a fun time. I can say that. Um, <laughs> go check the Bombadcast out. I'm on there with Jared from the Nerd Academy podcast and Connor from the Nerd Academy podcast, along with Sky and Jerry from the Bombadcast. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh, Tribes of Tatooine, um, or as Jacob calls it, a top ten episode of Star Wars television. He texted that to me. Yes, the day it I came stand. Out. I stand by that. I stand by that after having watched it a second time. That that's a bold statement. Yeah, I I, I really love this episode. I thought oh, it was yeah. absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, just uh, for for Boba Fett as a character, obviously amazing. Tem Temura Morrison as always doing it doing an incredible job bringing that character to life um pretty cool to see him you know go from playing Django to going to to play boba um not sure many people saw that coming yeah um when when attack of the clones came out but you know so it goes um i really liked how they they portrayed the sand people in a in a different light and just got you know we, we just got to see them not as villains and not just as killers, but you know, as as beings, as as people. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed both parts of the story. However, the one that's really catching my intrigue right now, even though I think the Tuscan uh, storyline is great, the part catching my intrigue right now is the present day part of the story, because of the of the introduction of the twins, the two huts that are going yes. to take over. And who they got as their guardian? They got Black Kersantin from the comics. He got introduced in comics five years ago, and now he's a live-action TV character. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. I tweeted at Kieran Gillen the day the episode came out um, because he's the writer that original originated Black Kersantin. Um, and apparently he doesn't even know how to say it. <laughs> he made up the character. He doesn't know how to pronounce his name, so we're just all... Um, I've heard Kersantan or Kersantan. I pronounce yeah. it Kersantan, but I don't know. Um, no, it's we see so much of the culture of Tatooine from both the uh, the 
more the settler side of Tatooine, the big cities, your Mos Espa. And then also, of course, uh, from your nomadic Tusken Raiders perspective, which I think are equally valid to see how the culture of Tatooine is evolving. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for three. Um, actually, I think I should tell you this, Jacob. Did you know that it was recently announced that Filoni is going to be directing six? I did not know that. No, yeah, that, is, that is exciting. Filoni's directing is six um, of the of the seven episodes. Um, not not six as in total, but like episode six of the chapter six of the Book of Boba Fett. Many have yep. been speculating that's going to be oh, we're going to see a character like an Omega or an Ahsoka or somebody in that episode, which I. I'm not, I don't know, maybe not necessarily, but I just find it interesting. Um, yeah, also, sh big shout out to Steph Green. Um, this is her first um, live action Star Wars episode of television, and she started on a real high note, I gotta say. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, very excited for next season, uh, for next episode. Wow. I'm never very excited for next episode. Uh, should we get into uh, the clone episodes, or do you got more stuff to say about Boba Fett? Um, I don't know. I, th I think I'm good on Boba Fett. I just, I don't know. I, th I thought I thought it was a really good episode. I enjoyed it immensely. You should have heard my reaction when when Black Crescenton came in because I I, I kind of knew about that character. I'd read some of the comics, but I, I wasn't I, not enough to be 100% certain. So I was kind of like, wait, wait, is that what I think it is? Is that what I think it is? I would. So I was I was really hyped. I remember then, my specific reaction. I was like, for the next 10 minutes, the whole plot was going on in front of me. But in the back of my mind, I was still thinking. We just saw Black Kersantan in live action. Yeah. Holy cow. And then the fact that they brought back the Pikes as well. Yeah. That was, that was a great touch. I really, you know the, I really appreciated seeing the Pikes again. You know the ones voiced by Stephen Stanton? I know. Crazy stuff. Yeah, so first Whitwer in the first episode, and now Stephen Stanton in the second one. Yeah. Apparently and, all of the Clone Wars Rebels cast is just coming back. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just loved also... You know, the Lawrence of Arabia, I feel like the Lawrence of Arabia references, if you've seen that movie, um, you know, a couple shots that are just, just straight out of that movie. The, the train scene with the Pike Spice train is just, I don't know, it's, it's just like the railway scene to me in Lawrence of Arabia. I thought that was cool. And I don't know, looking at it, looking at the scene side by side, you know, I, I thought it had to be intentional, but maybe, maybe that's just me. Actually, so the director of uh, photography for this episode and the fourth episode I just found out is a guy named Dean Cundy, who's a very, very famous um, director uh, director of photography. He did the entire Back to the Future trilogy. Um, he did uh, Jurassic Park. He did a bunch of just... He did Hook. He did Apollo 13. He did just uh -huh. a bunch of very famous movies, and so that was uh why uh the cinematography was of a different level in this episode i'd say so uh, I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah. um so so yeah do you, do you have more to say to you or do you want to let, uh let's go into let's get go on to the episodes in the unknown we see a heated battle for the space station surrounding the aptly named ringo vinda because it is encircling the entire planet um the uh the jedi um skywalker tipley tiplar the clones they're they're pushing back uh the droids who are commanded by admiral trench when all of a sudden tup has a mysterious breakdown and executes 
Jedi General Tiplar. Wait, is it Tiplar or Tiplar? You know, you were right. It was Tiplar. Yeah. He, Tup, then executes Tiplar, has some sort of uh, breakdown, which, of course, turns out to be a malfunctioning inhibitor chip. We're going full spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Um, So we see the battle for Ringo Ringo Vinda. Um, Trench suspects that something is amiss. Um, And so he contacts Dooku and says, hey, I, I just witnessed a, a jedi get executed by one of the clones what's up so now dooku knows that dooku knows that something's wrong um so then we see um as as trench not trench sorry as tup is being as tup's unconscious body is being transported in a shuttle um for further examination back to camino is it yeah or did they it's yeah a, it's as he's going to be transported back to camino he is intercepted he is intercepted by a uh, droid battalion. Um, they they hijack the ship um, and they they steal um, they steal Tup's body. However, Anakin then leads Fives and some other clones to take back the body, and they successfully recover it and transport him to Camino for testing. Absolutely, our fortune cookie is the truth about yourself is always the hardest to accept. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, great fortune cookie. I think it's a yeah, great fortune cookie. Absolutely. What do you think? You know, this could be referring to, I mean, the obvious one for me is the one I go straight to is Tup, but I think it's actually about Fives, and it's sort of a summary of this whole arc, is that Fives is going to go down this rabbit hole, and it's going to give him harder and harder truths to accept. Um, and Tup also has to face, face some truths about himself in the little that uh, in the little bit longer that he has to live um but i think it really is about fives and what his overall role is in this conflict yeah 100 percent um i think that's also true i think it's true for a lot of a, a lot of people in this episode i think it's true for anakin i think it's true for a lot of the clones you know it's a weird choice of fortune cookie as we don't actually get to the truth in this episode. Obviously it takes yeah. a lot longer, but the way that they are all convinced that it must be a virus or it must be outside separatist tampering rather than the fact, rather than it just being a clone betrayal as we previously seen or some kind of problem with the, the clones themselves uh, as evidenced by him repeating as evidenced by Tup muttering good soldiers follow orders saying showing that, Hey, maybe, maybe it's some kind of order. Um, I think this shows how the Jedi and the clones are subconsciously, maybe, maybe, or maybe, yeah, just subconsciously, maybe they're choosing not to explore the, uh, the scariest and most painful possibilities, um, which is similar to, similar to the problem that plagues a lot of the, the Jedi and the Republic, um, the Republic as a whole at this time. Um, but yeah, you know, for for the Jedi, this this truth would not necessarily be would not necessarily be about them, but it would be maybe we've been hoodwinked, maybe we've been misled, maybe the clones aren't actually loyal to us, and then the clones, of course, the inhibitor chip. What would that what would that all be about? You know? Yeah. Um. I'm. I mentioned. I wrote this a lot in my notes. Um. As we were going through, but it's interesting to me that the first arc following Ahsoka's trial is about another person who runs from the law, even though they're innocent. 
Yeah, that that is very interesting. I mean, it's definitely it's this episode right after the the Ahsoka arc. This is definitely a one-two punch. This is the Clone yeah. saying, "Oh, you thought you were getting off easy? Oh no, we're not going back to normal." Yeah, yeah. and I, it's ironic because the Ahsoka arc is actually the more optimistic ending of the two. You think so? Yeah, because the actual murderer gets caught. The plan is unveiled, and the innocent goes free. Yeah, I, I, I think you may be right. The conspiracy is hidden, and the innocent dies. Like, sure, clones die in the other one, but like, at least the murder of the clones get caught. In this one, two clones get shot who are absolutely innocent, except for one of them killed a Jedi because of something they couldn't even control. You know. Um, but I, I find it interesting. I also found this. So the Republic is play, portrayed as the antagonists of both of these arcs. In and they way. are. So what? I think they are. Yeah. No. I yeah. And it's interesting as we. One of the things that this arc does, and the season, because I I'm a huge season six fan. Uh, it's maybe my favorite season of the Clone Wars. One of the things I think that season six does so well is it shows how the Republic and the galaxy of Attack of the Clones becomes the Republic and the galaxy of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we see, as, as we're getting more and more used to the Republic becoming the antagonists, we start to get more and more used to the idea that the Empire could exist. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think um, you're definitely right. Season six, especially, really starts saying, "Okay, let's time to put the gas on this this transition um, to the to the status quo that we see in Revenge of the Sith." Um, and I think this this arc especially, it's it was striking to me rewatching it how much the uh, the clones, a lot of the clones, become these. Um, become these kind of silent uniform uh, uh, black and white almost stormtrooper like figures um, and they and they really become the bad guys at least on at least on Camino um, um, for a lot of the arc also I think the Jedi like with shock T I think they're just they're becoming and they're being portrayed as increasingly naive I think which is trying to lead us up to the to the situation that we that we end up with in Revenge of the Sith. I agree that the Jedi are naive. I actually don't think that Shock T is that naive. I actually think Shock T is one of the good ones, actually. Really, all of the action even after she... every, even after everything, she she lets just slide right in right right by her in this episode. Do you think so? I mean, here's the thing. I think Shock T. I don't think Shock T is perfect. I don't think she's at all perfect. But I think she has a better understanding of like morality and stuff than most of the Jedi do, frankly. Um, like if, you know, if we had to put her on when we were talking in the last episode, not the last episode, but the last episodic episode with Ahsoka's trial, if we're talking about the politics of the Jedi council, I definitely see Shock T leaning towards the more Obi-Wan Plo Koon members than the more Kiati Mundi Mace Windu members. Yeah. Might, might just be me, but I think... Because she has this compassion to her. Um, uh, I don't know. I thought her compassion in this arc 
was completely gone. She kept referring to uh, to fives and um, and top especially as republic as you know the, the republic property, the Jedi property. Um, and and I really I really didn't think that she saw them as um, I really I really didn't think she really saw them as as people or or as individuals as much as as um, tools of the republic. In this case, a broken. She was talking to Nala say while she was saying that. So I think she was. I don't think she considers them as Republic property. I think she was just trying to meet say where she was. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think she was trying to use say's language to convince her of certain things. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I, there's that line. I'm not doing this because it's not a matter of belief fives. I'm not doing this because it's a matter of belief fives. She says this at the end of the third episode, Fugitive. Uh, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. You know, somebody's actually doing something that's the right thing to do. Yay. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to jump into Ringo Vinda? Yeah. So the build-up to this arc... Not the... The build-up to the inciting incident of this arc is in my opinion incredibly well done it's one of those things where like this arc is a very good tragedy it's a very good example of a tragedy because you know exactly what's going to happen you know exactly how much the characters the heroes are going to fail and yet you're just kind of sitting there all watching it unfold yeah, it, it, that is one of the defining features, I think, of the the later Clone Wars that that makes it, or that's part of what makes it so compelling. Um, it's ironic, almost then, that I thought, um, I, I kind of thought that uh, the the Ringo Vinda battle, it felt like, to me, it felt like a, a throwback to to the early Clone Wars. This battle, you know, we had one of these big set piece battles, lots of clones, lots of droids, lots of blaster fire. That was something that is kind of trench hovering over it all. Yeah. Like the evil maniacal villains of seasons one yeah. and two. That's kind of something that, that we see a lot in one, two and, and to some extent three and four. And then we really see that kind of, kind of trail off as the, as the show, um, as the show obviously shifts, uh, shifts around its, its stories and its focuses. Um, but you know, especially I just I love the outlandish, you know, electric guitar inspired music. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just all it all really felt like a callback to the to the big battles and the the funky soundtracks that really um make me love early Clone Wars. Yeah, I agree. Um, it I do also love. I gotta say, um, I love that. Just jumping ahead a little bit, when Tup commits the murder notice what the camera does the camera is pretty darn stable before that but it just kind of jumps around after that it's like shaky and it goes all different places it, it you're no longer focused on the battle it, it becomes less about showing what's physically happening and showing what's emotionally happening um it's it's incredible uh also I think we need to address another elephant in the room. We have some terrible news, everyone. Somehow, Admiral Trench survived. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, I liked. I liked seeing Trench come back. Um, it's even really if, random, though. Even if he did get absolutely blown to bits yep. in a, in Cat and Mouse, um, I did. I really, I really didn't mind it. It wasn't something to me that that bugged me. Um, yeah, it didn't really bug me too much, honestly. I kind of liked seeing him back. Plus, with the uh, the cyborg, the cyborg getup, I thought really really added something to his kind of outlandish uh his is a outlandish demeanor um I, I don't know what do you think it, i don't hate it but like it's just so random like they just put trench in because yeah we want to put trench in again yeah it, it, it definitely easily could have been someone else but i don't know yeah. I'm, I'm glad it was trench um i will say trench i forgot how competent trench is compared to a lot of the other separatists like I would take Trench over, you know, Riff Tamsin or uh, O.C. Sobek or, you know, Nouveau Vindy or uh, Lochter any day of the week because he seems to be no, he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he is a lot more, uh. He, he he just has that air of competence that a lot of the other uh, separatist flunkies that we see get trotted out in the Clone Wars. A lot of them kind of lack that that sense that they know what they're doing. And yeah, trench trench may may be a little bit of a a goofball when all is is said and done. You know, for oh, all his for all his bluster bluster and all his posturing, he kind of uh he gets stuff done. He gets outsmarted. He gets outsmarted, but he, he, in the end, he still gets stuff done. And you know, if um. Josh, what's God, I'm, I'm blanking on the admiral's name. If Admiral Yalaren's stories are anything to go by, you know, no. this guy is so someone really, to be feared. He's a little different. Yeah. yeah, he's someone to be feared. So I, I like that they brought him back. Um, I can't imagine them doing anything else with him, but it, it would yeah. be cool to see him make an appearance. Well, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> in the Bad Batch. Yeah. Dead but you know, you know, yeah. Star Wars jumps around. Oh yeah, in no, time, I, I just. So I mean, sorry, I thought you were. I thought you thought he was still alive after. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. He's dead, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it would, it would be cool Jumping to, back to in time, absolutely, yeah. Which episode do they, uh... uh how, how does he die again? I, Anakin I stabs him. In what episode? Unfinished Business, Season 7, Episode oh. 4. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember now. Yeah. I remember. I don't have such weaknesses. Um... Um... <laughs> uh, anyway, uh... So, I also want to put point out this one when Tup says to Fives, I... I don't feel like myself. It's some of that slow burn that just that just eats at you. You know what I mean? You know exactly why Tup doesn't feel like himself. At least for me, it was like I know why it's happening, but I like I just kind of gotta sit there and watch it happen. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. That's that's the that's kind of the the way you. You have to you have to sit there for a lot of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like oh oh shoot this is gonna happen. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, it's too and, bad, man. And then we get the four words that I think change have changed the entire narrative around Order sixty six ever since they were introduced in this episode. Good soldiers yeah. follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Kill the Jedi. Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders. Uh, 
I've been thinking a lot about good soldiers follow orders and why that's the quote that the clones possessed by 66 say. And it's like this weird form of extreme loyalty and obsession to the Republic that's like kind of nuts. It's incredibly well architected by Palpatine, I gotta say. Um, This whole scheme... Uh, this whole arc shows you exactly how well-schemed Order 66 was. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's funny because, you know, remember, uh, I want you to remember way back to when we were talking with, uh, the first time we talked with Mr. Alden Diaz in um, uh, February of 2021 about the uh, Geonosis arc, the second battle of Geonosis arc. Do you remember yeah. we talked about the line, good things those bugs can't aim? Yeah. And then the ship gets blown up. Yeah, right before they get blown out of the sky. Yeah, so, classic, classic. So the clones are comparing themselves as better than Geonosians, right? Yeah. When in reality, the clones, I would argue, and the Geonosians are exactly the same. Really? Yeah. They, they're both, uh, both of them are um, independent thinkers, and they're both good soldiers, but... When they, uh, but, but when they, they, they both have a version of a hive mind that they use to, um, join together and try and conquer their goals, um, and become completely different than they were before. The Genosians with the brain worms and the clones with the inhibitor chips. They serve the same purpose. It's it, it's like, you know, I also pointed out that the clone, in my notes, that the clones are becoming almost robotic, like droids with this inhibitor chip. Yeah. It's Palpatine giving the Republic a, an army and saying it's different from the Separatists, but having it be exactly the same. In a way, in a way. Yeah. Um, it's... But yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we can talk about the inhibitor chips more later. But do you want to do you want to keep going with the uh, with the plot of the episode, or do we want to talk more about the inhibitor chips? What do you what do you, what do you feel we should move through now? Do you have thoughts about the inhibitor chips like right now, or do you want to do that later? Um, well, I, I don't know. Let, let's just do it later. Let's do it later. I feel like at the end of the episode, once we've covered more ground, that might be better. You got anything about the the death of Tiplar or that battle or do you... To me it's not very sad, surprisingly, just because we we have barely seen Tipli Tiplar. Um so this is kind of more the inciting incident. Yeah. Um, rather than something that they, they fo- that the story focuses on. They don't really give the characters any time to uh to mourn, really. Um yeah. that's actually gonna be the first thing I talk about is like Tip Tipley does not mourn at all. Yeah, no. It's she, so she, sad. Almost, she seems she more angry. She lost her twin sister, and she's just like, okay, so we're going to carry on with yeah. trying to figure out why this clone did this? Yeah. And I'm like, no, your sister just died. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why she feels yeah. so motivated just to keep going and trying to try to get to the bottom of what. Yeah. I know, but the Jedi stoicism um, is kind of ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say this. Did you know that? Uh, Tip Lee also falls before the Clone Wars are over. 
no, how does she? She's, uh, how she's does she go killed down? by Dooku. Really? Um, in, a, in, in what? In what media? Where does, is she in, in the, the comics? Son of Dathomir comic. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So she's killed by Dooku before the end of the war. I would have loved to see more of of Tipley and Tiplar because I would have too. Yeah. I, I thought their character design was was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And we didn't really, and as characters, they just didn't really. They didn't really get to get fleshed out. They were kind of there as plot devices, to be completely honest. Yeah, they were kind of plot devices, but I was surprised by how almost angry Tip Lee was, um, you know, with Tup when she... Revenge is not the Jedi way. Picked him up, put him him into the wall with the Force, and then dropped him down again. That was was surprising to me. Yeah, But, you know, maybe that's another... Maybe that was another hint at, hey, maybe the the clones aren't treated as well as they they deserve to be by, by some of their generals. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about Trench's conversation with Dooku? I'll say this about Trench's conversation with Dooku. This is a problem I had about Trench's conversation with Dooku. Trench just told him something very important. An inhibitor chip in the clone. Or like what he suspects is an inhibitor chip in the clone. Just activated. In his head. And Dooku sends rocket droids yeah there maybe that that is a little bit of a an interesting story choice you think at least he'd send i don't know maybe some some magna guards i was like you know send grievance what's grievous doing yeah right send now, grievous you know? or like what Surely are you there's doing? Nothing or more, you're just sitting yeah. in your pajamas on serena what are you doing right now dooku i mean this is the most important secret of your master's plan and you send like a dozen droids after it? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that is a bit of a yeah. Maybe that is a little bit of a foolish decision, but and then at the end of the last episode, he brags to Palpatine about it. He brags to Palpatine about getting all the stuff back. I'm like, yeah, all the stuff's back, but Palpatine actually did more to get the the chips back to the Sith than you did. Why are you bragging to him? Yeah, no, that, that yeah, that was it's so weird. Yeah. I love that conversation between Trench and Dooku, though, because of just the dramatic irony with what Trench was saying when, when he's, he's thinking that he's in on something now, that, that he's helping uncover what is this great mystery, you know, according to my calculations, this shouldn't happen, yada, yada, yada. Dooku's like, oh, boy. He, du- Dooku's like, okay, wait, maybe I'm in deep shit. Trench has no idea. Just Trench no has idea no idea at all dipped his foot what into. he is. Yeah, what he has dipped his toes into. <laughs> he. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Almost, you know, all these, all these separatists, especially, they just. It's it's a, it's like aha count. I have just discovered the key to this mystery. Okay, and. <laughs> yeah. Now that is pretty funny. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I gotta say also, um, uh, the, um, you notice how they often do the whole, like, remains of a battle scene? Um, when Anakin and, uh, Rex and Fives go to, uh, investigate the shuttle that they blew up and took Tup from. Um, yeah. You know, like they they go through the wreckage and they, I don't know they do that really well. They they um how do I say it? they uh peel back the layers 
Yes. Um. <laughs> Peel back the layers. <laughs> that was literally the first thought that I had. Um, I also like grappling onto that escaping shuttle at the end. Yeah. No, that, that, that is was such awesome. a Star Wars plan. Yeah, it is such a Star Wars plan. That part, that part, I love that part, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's been it's been seasons and seasons since I've been able to talk about this for 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 a while now. I've been waiting. Battle Droid Society. We have we have a glimpse. We have a glimpse, have a glimpse have right a... here. I also love the line. We were experiencing drag in the vacuum of space. <laughs> Wait, yeah, no. drag? That's impossible. Well, yeah, that's what the or the yeah no what is it the the B one says oh we were experiencing some drag for and a minute there, but it's gone says, now. He says you were experiencing drag, drag in the, the vacuum, vacuum of space. space. Like just the way he said that, you could tell, or I guess the, the the droid, I don't know what pronouns they probably use, but the droid, the, the tactical droid's probably so disappointed, or the super tactical droid. They're so like, they, yeah. what? Face palm. My favorite part is is the little banter that uh, Rex and Anna can have. Uh, wait, wait, I... Are you really thinking that? That's a, that's that's reckless, even for you, General Rex. You're starting to sound like Obi Wan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, you got anything else for this episode? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I got a lot for this episode. I thought that the, the I honestly thought thought that um this episode is really showing. At least execution-wise, how much the Clone Wars is is maturing and becoming more polished. There were so many moments where I just thought, "Wow, wow!" You know, the scene of the the rocket droids breaking onto the ship is absolutely, absolutely terrifying. Just watching the clones get get killed by that—it's kind of astonishing what a dark show it's become. Knowing where it where it where it came from, and then when Rex and 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 the clones are when Rex and Anakin, the clones are coming on board, just watching the, the lifeless clone bodies float around. That's just, whew, It's intense. It's, it's really intense. Um, and like the crazy scale and angles that they do when they're climbing aboard the Separatist Dreadnought. Like, yeah, this is... The season six pushed a lot of new heights um, for the Clone Wars. You know, they may yeah. be the lost missions, but I've found that they're really quite exceptional. But um They ish. are, yes. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah, no, I I, I I like these episodes quite a bit more than I more than I have previously. Um, um but yeah, I mean the entire idea of the inhibitor chip, that's that's all I had for this episode, so for for the episode as a whole, I, I I found I took issue this time when I when I when I thought about it afterwards the idea of the inhibitor chip because th- the more I think about it the more I kind of dislike the the fact that they they made it a chip in the clones' brains that caused really order interesting yeah but because I feel like I feel like on you know on the one hand you could argue that it was necessary because the the clones were, were so humanized in the Clone Wars and so many of them really developed these relationships, these close relationships and bonds with their uh, their Jedi generals, people like uh, Cody, um, uh, 
Wolf, for example, Rex, obviously, um, and more. Um, but but I still I still think, pardon. Bly, I was saying. Bly, yeah. I I still think they could have they could have pulled it off if it was just an order, and I think that that could have been more powerful, you know, being a commentary commentary on the on the condition of, of being a soldier and and following orders and, you know, with the tagline "Good soldiers follow orders," I think that could be easily, just as well applicable, and. I think it, I think it could have been used, you know, after we see, like, after we see the Pong Krell arc, after we see how Shock T behaves in this episode, I think I thought it could be really revealing of how most clones maybe felt about their Jedi generals, or how much the Jedi were really blinded by Palpatine and tricked into thinking that the clones were actually loyal to them, and not simply the Republic. Because um, I think that the the inhibitor chip, um, the inhibitor chip plotline. Um, and the existence of the inhibitor chips, it kind of takes away weight from the fact that all the clones end up turning on their Jedi because they don't have a choice. And I think that, you know, with moral agency and the power of our choices being, in my mind, the central theme of Star Wars, like the number one thing that Star Wars is about, it seems odd to me that the clones end up not even making any kind of a choice even the choice to to follow the orders even if that is to execute um their generals because they think they're keeping the republic safe um as and i think the just the fact that it, it becomes a feat of technology rather than of psychology yeah it, it just robs it of some of the weight and and to me it makes it a little bit less of an accomplishment on Palpatine's part. But I, I'd love to hear what you think, because I know that you are more of a you you don't really take issue with it in the in the same way that I do. Yeah, I think I tend to a little bit I like I see where you're coming from. My thing is I think the your idea of wallet would have been incredible. I agree with that. I think would have been a little harder to implement story-wise. I think it would have been a little harder to do and explain you know we already have so many growing extending thrand uh, wow growing extending strands through the clone wars of things building and building and building i'm not exactly sure how that one would go um i personally like the chips because i not like i i personally my thing with the chips is the meaning i can find in them is they make the clones like the very droids they're fighting against um, and that, you know, there are some clones, um, that do have choices, you know, Rex makes the choice and Fives makes yeah. the choice, the Bad Batch makes the choice, and then we'll see Gregor and Wolf make the choice. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to, for me to say that a lot of them have choices when it's only a select few clones who know about the inhibitor chips. Yeah, that is true. Um, that is true. Wait. Yeah, but I agree. I definitely think it would have been. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it would have been a little bit harder to to execute and to make it work in the Clone Wars. But you know, I think that a victory and death type episode, a shattered type episode, um, without the inhibitor chips, like an episode that covers that kind of time, like Order sixty six but with a little bit more of a perspective to explain what's actually happening to give, to give more background to 
to people saying like, what the heck is going on in, um, in Re- Re- Revenge of the Sith. I think that, I think it could have been just as successful if it was just saying like, if the clones were just like, we are loyal to the Republic, not to the Jedi, you know? Yeah. I Something will say like that. also, and and obviously they have to go a little more in depth, but yeah, and, in my mind, I I think that could work as well. And and then there's like, first of all, I actually disagree with the whole um, shatter, uh, victory and death and shattered episodes. I actually like that for the, the purposes of those episodes that they're they're a bit more they're a bit more robotic and controlled by the chips because it makes because it makes it so that Ahsoka is fought by these people and they have her loyalty, but then that loyalty is just suddenly turned off and she has to deal with. That kind of stuff. I would also point out a little bit of a plot hole that we, that would be need that would need to be resolved if we were What's taking that? that route. Uh, when Co- in, with Cody in Sith in Revenge of the Sith, yeah, because um, when when he g- gives Obi Wan his lightsaber, he goes, "So I think you'll be needing this." It's actually Tamora. Uh, so I think you'll be needing this. And then yeah. Obi Wan rides the Varactyl, and then moments later he gets Order sixty six, and he chooses to execute it without mercy yeah i think i think that if there was no inhibitor chip i think that would be an even more powerful moment just kind of a a lesson of like oh shit the clones aren't actually on our side and maybe we were foolish or we were we were manipulated and misled into thinking that you know because obviously these clones have some of them tight relationships and loyalty to their jedi masters but i just think it could be an interesting commentary on what it means to what does it mean to follow orders and follow orders unquestioningly i mean that wouldn't change the fact that they've been these clones have been conditioned to follow orders they've been conditioned to have less individuality we hear that in attack of the clones so personally i think that if there was i I think that with the knowledge of no inhibitor if if there is no knowledge of inhibitor chips or if there's a, a different explanation i think that 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 moment hits harder for me personally okay I, I don't know. For me, it's just like, you know, he gives him the lightsaber and then two seconds later he's shooting at him. Like, yeah, I, I think that I, th- I, th- I think that honestly works. It's like, well, those are the orders like the Jedi have betrayed the Republic. Like we have to do what we have to do. Yeah. And then later, maybe you have the, the oh shit moment fr- from Cody if he if he finds out what he needs to find out. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I see how, I see how it could like be. I see how it could seem incongruous, but I feel like with the with just a little bit of extra explanation, I think it could really hit hard personally. I it's 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 a very interesting idea. I yeah. I admire the creativity of the idea. I'm not sold on it just generally because I don't know, the inhibitor chips are just kind of what I'm used to, but yeah. um yeah. Uh you wanna go on to the conspiracy? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple trivia. Oh, go right I ahead. Couple, I have a couple trivia. trivia tidbits, actually. So the concept of Ringo Vindo was actually first developed for Revenge of the Sith, but it was not used. Clone Commander Doom's armor, Doom is the uh, the green armored clone commander serving under Tipley and Tiplar, is actually closely modeled after the coloration of the the classic Marvel comic villain Doctor Doom, which I. That totally went over my head when I was watching the episode, even though I know knew his name was Commander Doom. But when you see a picture of Doctor Doom, you're like, wow, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, Tipley and Tiplar were also inspired by some Ian McKay concept art for a female Sith Lord for Attack of the Clones that went unused, actually. 
So yeah, that's all the trivia that I could find. I could rustle up. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Should we get to conspiracy? Conspiracy. Let's do it. Go ahead. So in conspiracy, Tup has been recovered, but Tup and Fives are taken to uh, medical research on Camino, and Fives is forced to stay on Camino because Nala Say and the Kaminoans want to find out if there is anything wrong, anything wrong with him as well if he was exposed to the virus, same as Tup, because they believe it is a virus. However, um, pretty quickly, Fives becomes horrified by the treatment that they are giving to um, to Tup. Um, Shakti and Nalase end up in a power struggle over Tup. Nalase wants to uh, execute or terminate Tup to perform a full autopsy. Obviously, she knows about the inhibitor chips and she needs to cover it up. However, um, Shakti and um, Shakti is pushing for a uh, Shakti is pushing for um, for for a molecular scan, a level five atomic scan, I believe they say. Level I can't top five exactly. atomic brain scan. Yeah. Yeah, level top five atomic brain scan. Um, so. So yeah, that happens. Um, fives Fives does some some sneaking around, and he um, he uh, okay. Wait, pause. He he does the brain. He executes the brain scan in this episode. I'm getting yeah. He does what he does. Yeah, He's Fives the- executes the Fives executes the brain scan. Um, he uses some distractions to uh to get his way. Um, with AZ3. however um. With with e, with the help of the droid AZ three yes, however he is um he is he is he is uh, found out, and um he, he gets in hot water with the uh, the Kaminoans and he is to be uh he is to be imprisoned and that's kind of where where it leaves off to uh, to segue in the next episode and oh yes and Tup dies of course how could I forget um, Tup dies um af- shortly after the. Uh, Shortly after the inhibitor chip is removed, um, which um, ostensibly is is supposed to be uh, caused by the inhibitor chip being removed, but actually his health was just deteriorating, and it was probably just too much strain for him. But yeah. the the inhibitor chip causing his death is probably the uh, that's probably what Nala say wants the Jedi to think, so that they think the inhibitor chips are good. Yes, absolutely. Um, our fortune cookie is the wise benefit. From a second opinion. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, this whole episode, I think, plays like a medical drama. Um, absolutely, true to the, it does. the use of the words "second opinion." I really like that part. I, I like that aspect of this episode, and it, I think it's a stark reminder of how important it is that healthcare truly has the patient's best interests. Uh, uh, first and and foremost, um, and it's it's really a shame in this episode to to see how both um both Lama Su or not Lama Su but yeah Lama Su actually Lama Su Nalase Shakti all kind of they have a uh, they 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 have more invested in the power struggle and and using um using Tup to try and find out what's wrong with the clones. And Fives is the only one who really cares about Tup. 
as a person as a um yeah as a person yeah i i agree with that there's there's a quote i'm uh, coming back to from clones from attack of the clones when obi-wan's talking with dex in his uh in his uh diner and dex says to him, you know i think you should i should think you jedi well wow. you know i th- should think you Je- jedi should know the difference between knowledge and wisdom and I don't feel like the Jedi actually do know what the difference is between knowledge and wisdom. Uh, I don't think many in this galaxy know what the difference is between knowledge and wisdom. Uh, and I think yeah. that's kind of the uh, a lot of the Republic's problems, is they're not wise. They don't make thought-out logical decisions. Um, and, you know, and I think Fives um, often... Uh, doesn't make super logical decisions either um because you know he's acting from his heart and you know he should because he just he's trying not to lose his friend um and he cares but i think if he'd taken a few more seconds to slow down some maybe more logical more rational ideas would have come to his head in this episode maybe yeah and i mean yeah, I think also the second opinion thing, you know, I think that's kind of saying also it's really it's really hard to get a second opinion um, in, the, in the context of, of this episode, the wise benefit from a second opinion, but it's almost impossible for Fives to, to get a second opinion for Tup um, just, because of, uh, just because of the situation that they're in. Um, and that, that, of course, leads to, uh, leads to tragedy. Yeah. Um where do you want to start with this one? Um I don't know. Should we uh, d- take it from the top? Um I think the subtle power structure between Nalase and Shakti and how she's trying to cover up the inhibitor chip with no molecular scans. I think that's interesting. Um I don't know what I mean what do you think? Yeah. Um it's a really interesting power struggle in these in all three of these episodes because Nalase feels this sense of entitlement, is how I can put it. She feels entitled to deal with every clone the way that she feels she needs to. She clearly has a distrust of the Jedi, um, and so does Lama Tzu, um, and in a line that I'm going to reference in, I think it's at the beginning of the third episode, um, the uh, Lama Tzu, actually no, it's in this episode! Lamasu calls the Jedi a curious cult. Did you catch that one? Yes, I did catch that. How interesting that they refer to the Jedi as a cult. I was actually just having an entire conversation with somebody the other day. Are the Jedi a cult? That's a good question. They have some similarities. They have some major differences, but they have some similarities. Indoctrination of members from birth? Sounds like a cult. Also the Jedi. You know. um, Do they believe in... Do they all believe in one thing? Yeah, they do. I mean, the missing part is they don't all worship one person. And they're a little more front-facing than most cults are. Um, But, yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. What do you think, actually? Are the Jedi are the Jedi a cult? 
Mm, no, I mean, they're a religion, you know? Oh, absolutely. They, they have these ideas. Um, and it, what's interesting is that they're a religion. They've been turned also into, by the time of the Clone Wars, they've been turned almost into a, a paramilitary law enforcement agency. Yep. Um, and obviously, as, as, is, as is very evident throughout the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, um, they really feel the need, to, the Jedi, because of their mission kind of in, in life, in the universe, they feel the need to take on as much as they can to try and make the galaxy a better place. But in doing so, they, they kind of lose a little bit of who they are. You know, the Jedi are peacekeepers, not in the, soldiers. In this well, they're sure used as soldiers. Of losing who we are uh, from Blair Grievous that we've mentioned thousands of times on this show. Um, also, I think the best um, meme I've seen from the, for the role of the Jedi in the Clone Wars is, we are keepers of the peace, not soldiers. And then it cuts to him cutting off Django Fett's head. Peace, motherfuckers! Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, actually, though, there was another version. Uh, we are keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Didn't you chop off a guy's head? Peacefully. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know who I want to talk about? Oops. I want to talk about AZ... Uh, I want to talk about AZ three four five two one one eight nine six two four six four nine eight seven two one three four seven. Yes, I looked that up. A Z. Yeah, we got to talk about AZ three. I think I think AZ three. You know, at first I was like, oh, he's just a droid, quirky droid. You know, maybe maybe he's there for comic relief. But I mean, I think he plays a really important role because like. The scene with AZ three and fives talking about names and numbers—that's is actually great. Right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah, he's like, oh, it seems insignificant, and then fives is like, it's not to me or any other clone. Yeah, and like okay, clone trooper. It really fives. is about the clone's individuality, and fives is yeah, like a- attempt to hold on to his individuality because I think in a way this entire arc is kind of about fives trying to hold on to the clones humanity and individuality as that is being swept away by everyone else by the jedi yeah by the the republic by the kaminoans i i agree with you about the whole individuality thing and you know we see that part of this episode is fives investigating thing under the cover that he looks the same as everybody else does in the building you know, the clones are pretty uniform, and with the armor, they're even more uniform. Uh, you know, the only way Fox can be identified is from that tattoo on his head, which is how the probe droid identifies him in um, uh, the last episode of Fugitive. Um, yeah. No, sorry, in the last episode of Orders. Um, and, you know... He, he, we have we have this idea, we have these uh, parallel struggles of individuality versus um, versus conformity. I also think we have a struggle in this arc. I mean, this is kind of a dull one, but like if you really think about it, it's kind of mind blowing. Of following orders versus following your instincts. Hmm. Explain how so. I love that the Clone Wars does this. It has an arc start with the phrase "Good soldiers follow orders." And then they make the entire arc about should good soldiers actually follow orders? Yeah. Um, 
the you know with a lot of stuff with fives. You know, fives was supposed to go out into the um, the field, and we find find out that he's actually supposed to get his memory wiped in the next episode. Um, but he disobeys that order, and he goes investigating himself. Um, he disobeys an order to stay um, on Camino and goes to Coruscant. Um, and then Fox, actually, you know, we'll get to what Fox does, but um, but Fox does follow orders and look where that gets him. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'll talk about Fox and why I don't think he's actually like as terrible as, you know. <laughs> people think he is uh, he just makes a bad i think he just he just makes he bad makes some bad decisions but, but yeah. we can clearly see we'll talk about this when we get to orders but you can see, clearly see the regret on his face yeah you can you can um, he makes he definitely makes a bad choice yeah uh yeah um and uh yeah i love az3 and frankly his quips are incredible oh, yes. i am sorry oh, yes. I, I've always wanted to have human feelings, but I do not. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think part of his, what his quips are there for, um, and, you know, to, uh, to, to fast forward um, to Fugitive as well really quick, you know, when, um, when, uh, when Five says, um, oh, see you on the other side, and AZ is like, the other, the other side, side of, of what? what? Like, I think it really reinforces the clone's humanity and individuality by contrasting that against what it actually means to be to be an android, to be a robot, um, which which I think um, which I think is cool, and again, obviously very intentional in the face of very intentional as the clones are are facing down kind of the end game of of their. Uh, Puppet masters. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it's it, the by contrasting fives with AZ, we get a clear sense of the clones' humanity before they get chipped. Of course. Um, yeah. Um, also, by the way, uh, I do love this. Do you like that the um, that the Cam and Owens can contact Tyrannus uh, like directly? I, I really like that detail. And that they're just yeah. choosing to work behind the Republic's back the entire time. Yeah, I mean I mean the Kaminoans uh, yeah, they're looking they're looking out for number one. Oh, they totally are. They are looking out for number one. They do not care. They wanna make money. They wanna make money by any means necessary. Yeah. If a if a dark hooded figure is offering you millions, billions of credits to tamper with the clones, they're not gonna say no. They are not going to say no. Even Shakti, you know, she's. I think she's not. She's not free from fault either. Even though obviously she probably has more of the clones' interests in mind than Lama or not Lama Su Nala Say does. But even so, the way that I know you said maybe she's just calling them property to try and um to try and speak Nala Say's language um and and get what she wants. But even so, I mean. You know when she says like, "Oh, we need to, we need to be able to do this to Tup to 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 protect others like him," and, and then Five says, "There aren't others like him," which both in a conceptual sense and a and a literal sense in the concept on in the context of his uh, his ailment, um, that's profound because he is 
I think, I think Fives is the only one who truly cares about Tup as an individual and as a human being and isn't just interested in him because of, because of, uh, of Tipley or Tiplar. Yeah. It's, it's really weird, honestly, because it's like, I was having this debate with myself. I'm like, wait, so Shock T want, doesn't want Nala Say to terminate Tup. She wants to do a brain scan, which could possibly kill Tup. Both endings are the same. Yeah. One Why does she care? Still, yeah. It doesn't make I a mean, lot of sense. Maybe the information is a little more is is presented a little more accurately in the atomic level brain scan, um, but like it's it's really strange. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think that that um, Shock T is uh, doing a doing a very good job of advocating for the clones. Um, I think she's more interested in just getting to the bottom of the mystery, but you know, I mean, you can't really fault her for that, but it definitely feels like we're, we're seeing a different side of Shakti than we were in, in season three um, in clone cadets. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I will say this also. So T meets with the Jedi council and Yoda, I think it's Yoda, either Yoda or Mace Windu suggest bring, bringing Tup to the temple to have them investigate through the force about Tup. I have one question for you, okay? So first of all, I mentioned this exact same scenario on another episode of In the Galaxy very recently, so you know what my question's going to be. Why didn't they just do that with Ahsoka? If they can investigate yeah. things through the Force, then, like, you had somebody who said they were innocent, but you had no way to prove it. Can you not just look into the Force about this thing? I, I mean, said maybe that. there's... I mean, but they're, I think they're talking about you literally like using the force to physically probe and, and analyze Tup's brain, which I think is a little bit different from using the force to investigate matters across, across time and, and space as they would have to yeah. with Ahsoka. But yeah, they definitely could have used the force a little more there. Um, yeah, I'm just saying like, if, if they're not... If they're not talking about the same thing, they make it sound like they're talking about the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, granted. granted. If they're not um, equalizing it, they, they at least sound like they're equalizing it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, do you got anything else before we get to the tumor? Uh, no, let's uh, let's go to the tumor. Uh, so Tup develops a tumor, uh, which is probably the reason uh, for his death. And the activation of the inhibitor chip as well. Um, uh, I will also say this. Um, I love this line. There's an exchange between Fives and AZ three. We were not create. We were not created to be disposed of this way. Perhaps you were. Yeah, it's a throwaway line. line. It like like you move past it faster than most lines in this episode. But it's so incredibly profound. Now knowing what happens with. Uh, AZ-3 and his specific role in the dismantling of Kamino and the execution of Project Warmantle in Season 1 of The Bad Batch. Um, you know, I can see the Kaminoan buildings sinking in my head. I can see 
also in my head, you know, uh, the clones being shuttled off world. I can see uh, Nala say herself facing uh, facing punishments uh, for what she's done by the Empire. It's it's watching this episode with the Bad Batch in mind, watching this arc with the Bad Batch in mind provides so much more context for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, but yeah, the, the Bad Batch, I think, definitely brings so much more uh, uh, to this arc and just deepens the sense of, uh, of, of mystery and intrigue um, that we get. And so, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Tup's death... Um, yeah, it's, it's tragic. Um, you know, fives really, really wants to do the right thing. He thinks that he's doing the right thing. And I honestly think that he, I honestly think that he's doing the right thing, um, by removing the, um, by removing the, uh, the chip, the inhibitor chip, um, even though he, he dies shortly after, um, yeah. I don't, what, what do you, what do you think about, about that? I think, cause I, I think that it seemed to me that the implication was just, oh, he's dying because his health is deteriorating and his treatment, his well-being was not really the first thing that was that was uh, being prioritized in his treatment. Yeah, I think they could have done the whole thing with Tup very differently. I agree with you on that one. Uh, it's, you know... The death of Tup is not something that's probably going to be generally talked about in the galactic history books but it really should have been because it was a death that was completely preventable um yeah and it was a death that only happened really because i feel like of the republic and the kaminoans incompetence really yeah and i I don't even think it was necessarily their incompetence i think they at least the kaminoans kaminoans knew but like yeah yeah they knew they were like i mean I mean, we see both the Republic, the Jedi, they're all thinking much more of trying to get to the bottom of the mystery and Tup as a tool of the Republic rather than really being concerned for his well-being. I think the contrast with Fives then and why Fives, you know, disagrees is because Fives is really concerned for, uh, for his friend and his, uh, and his comrade. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, again, Tup's death, as is most of this arc, is a real tragedy. Um, and, uh, and then Palpatine suggests that Tup's tumor, instead of the Jedi Temple, go to the Grand Republic Medical Facility, where, of course, he has control over everything. Yeah. And, just like that, the chip uh, the the malfunction inhibitor chip is right back in Palpatine's hands. Yeah, and I mean That's this is just another yeah, this is just another instance to me of Palpatine and the Republic wresting control of something away from the Jedi, and and to me it's just a, a face palm that that the Jedi let this happen again. That they just kind of, I mean obviously they don't have much of a choice, but they just roll over and 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 let the truth and let and let a chance at the truth once again, be, be snatched away from them. Um, and, and it seems, yeah, it, it just seems like the Jedi are being a little lazy and not doing their due diligence by not at least insisting to have an opportunity to look at Tup themselves. 
Yeah, well, and that's just something that T we does. see repeated throughout the Inclones. Yeah, in her defense, T is like remember in the third episode, she's like, uh, she's like, you know, Tups uh, will go to. Um, it didn't actually happen, but Tufts will go to the Grand Republic Medical Facility, um, after it goes to the temple. Uh, but that obviously fails due to what happens later in the episode. In Fugitive, T and Five's debate with Say about exactly what to do with Tufts' tumor before it's eventually decided that they're bringing the whole thing to Coruscant under the Jedi's authority, um, but... Uh, Nala say, uh, switches briefcases with the tumor to try and cover everything up. Unfortunately for her, Fives sees this, escapes his custody as he's going back to do one more physical. As he, um, as he's walking back, he catches up with AZ3, who tells him that he's heard that he's going to have his memory erased, um, and be placed on sanitation detail, so he breaks free of his control grabs AZ-3, and looks at the tumor, and it indeed has been switched. Um, and he, uh, uh, and then he escapes with, uh, the tumor and AZ-3. Meanwhile, the Kaminoans, uh, contact Dooku, and they're like, shit, Dooku, uh, he is a clone, a renegade clone escaped with this, um, with this chip, and he's like, get it back. Um, eventually they, uh, make their way to the cloning chambers and the, um, uh, original sequenced genome of Django Fett. Eventually, Fives has the realization that, that the chips are inside every single clone placed in there when they're barely embryos. So, uh, AZ-3 does a procedure to remove Fives' inhibitor chip. Um, and so, and they remove it and they find it's completely normal and not tumored at all, um, and not malfunctioned at all. Um, so Shock T decides to bring, uh, Fives to Coruscant with Tup's tumor. Um, yeah, and that's the episode. Fortune Cookie is, when in doubt, go to the source. I mean... As fortune cookies go, yeah, you know, follow the, uh, follow the trail. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just unfortunate where this trail ends for fives, obviously. Yeah. But he does the right thing. And I think, I think the Jedi could really learn a lesson for, from fives about following the trail. I think they, I think they really could. Absolutely. I, I, I. I think Fives does better investigative work than most of the Jedi do, frankly. Yeah, I find it interesting that Fives still greatly respects Master T, actually. Um, I mean, if you think about, remember what she did for them. Yeah. What she did for his clone group in Clone Cadets. Like, in in Don, clearly he's still, God yeah, even if she doesn't always have his best interests at heart, like, he still feels like she is more or less on his side, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and, and and yeah, and it, it's I like the relationship between Fives and Shakti. Honestly, I think that that Shakti really cares about the clones as people, which is not something we see a lot, um, except for with Anakin sometimes and Ahsoka. I think the first the first scene where uh, 
Shakti and um, and and Nala say and Fives are arguing. I think that's I think that's great. Um, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, it's it's sad though. Again, Fives he just wants to help his friend, but he's just helplessly aware of the the bigger picture of the unimaginable forces that are that are at play that are coming to to bear um, to try and to try and keep him from from learning the truth and from spreading the truth yeah it, it, again we talk about this arc as a tragedy and we talk about it you know that kind of idea um i'll say this um are you aware of the tale of uh cassandra in greek mythology i am not aware of the tale of cassandra i really love watching fives in this episode he just gets more and more likable as the odds are are increasingly stacked against him to me he's super resourceful emotive um and i love watching him go beast mode and escape um oh absolutely it was a little bit surprising to me that all of a sudden he kind of just snaps he kind of just snaps and he's like okay this is the moment he kind of knows you know i think like ahsoka obviously his is more the bad ending, but I think like Ahsoka, he knows, he knows, okay, I've tried to convince everyone and no one's believing me. Like I gotta, I gotta look out for my own safety now. I gotta run. Because I'm at risk. Yeah. I gotta run. And, and similar to the Ahsoka, uh, similar to the Ahsoka arc in this episode, especially in the last episode, he just, as we'll get to, he's just always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. And he's just he is being like ahsoka he's being framed so like everything he does just feeds into and will be used against him yeah everything he does is used against him everything he does is manipulated because of the situation everything he does is or i should say he's manipulated into doing everything that will make him look bad even though he's looking out for himself you know and just trying not to uh be imprisoned uh, be cut up you know yeah um i i agree with you about that um by the way i just want to point out just a funny moment that i love from it um when they're walking through that kaminoan like classroom um okay izzy act normal dude la 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 was that normal yeah, I love that part as well. Oh my god, it was like it, there was so much tension, and they broke the tension so incredibly well. Um, yeah, there's a line when at the end where Fives is arguing with Nala, say, "I am not a piece of hardware. I am a living being." Yeah, you know, no, this I, is really yeah. I I want to know more about the Kaminoans specifically in canon because. You know, we it's incredible how callously they treat their own creations. Um, I want to know why they are the way they are a little bit more. We have some stuff in Legends. Do you know about the, the eugenics uh, and the racism of Kaminoans in Legends? I do not. Oh, it's fascinating actually. stuff. It's great. So basically, the Kaminoans' thing is genetic engineering. That's just kind of how their society works. Their thing is genetic engineering, right? So they genetically yeah. engineered all of themselves to have the same color eyes because they thought some colors of eyes were superior. They would kill 
anybody who had a certain color of eyes, and then, like, a, I think it was blue eyes were the upper class, green eyes were the lower class, and then brown eyes were immediately killed. Wow. So they just eugenicized their way out of racism. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's horrifying, but I find the stories that were predicted in legends that, that not that were created about the Kaminoans and legends just fascinating in so many ways. Um, in comparing them to eugenics and racism in our own world, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's really crazy. Uh, you got anything else about this episode? Um. I don't know. Um, you know, Nala say in her conversation with Dooku, I thought it was really interesting to to hear the fear in her voice when she was talking to Dooku, and it made me really curious more about what the Dooku, the direct Dooku Kaminoan connection was like. Um, I thought that the symbolism of Fives putting on the uh, the shiny armor, the unmarked regular issue Phase Two clone armor, was crazy. Um, as as he's fighting to to try and um to try and not have the clones kind of become these unthinking zombies that will kill their uh, their jedi generals as he's trying to to say i'm a person um a top is a person even as he is doing that he's being forced to you know don the uh don the standard issue armor with with no identifying markings i thought that was interesting um yeah but yeah it, it's i don't know it's just astounding to me in this episode how easy it is to lead and in all these episodes how easy it is to uh to lead the jedi away from the truth you know oh, just yeah. tell them something they want to hear and tell them something yeah tell them something that they want to hear and then they'll quip something about how Oh, we must find the truth, but the force is clouded. Clouded and by the will... dark side, it is. Seems like the Jedi's thing is like, oh, we they're like, oh, we must get to the bottom of this. Me, we must find the truth, and then they just sit there and don't do anything at all. Sit on cushions, we must. Yes, sit on cushions and meditate. Mm. Yeah, that, no, that's, from that's the kind of how, uh, how it should have ended for two. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. None of the Jedi are available. Sit on cushions, we must. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll link that's, that that's down in the description. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Um, in orders, Fives is taken to um, Coruscant with Nalase and Shock T. On the shuttle to Coruscant, Nalase injects some sort of drug into Fives, which makes him a bit more rash and generally nonsensical. Um... Fives and T and Say talk with Palpatine about the whole ordeal, um, and they're trying to figure out exactly what this is. Um, and then Pat, Palpatine reflect uh, re- um, uh, requests some time alone with Fives, and Palpatine tells Fives something, and yeah. then implements it's done, and then implicates Fives in trying to kill him. Fives then runs from the authorities back down into the Coruscant underworld like a certain commander of his did not a season ago. Um, uh, He then goes into a clone bar and meets up with Kix, um, who who links him up with Anakin and Rex um, at a location in, in an old warehouse in the underworld of Coruscant. Unfortunately for Fives... A probe droid for the Republic also tracks him there, 
So just as Anakin uh, and Rex get there and they talk with Five for a little bit, Commander Fox and some of the Coruscant Guard also get to the warehouse and they uh, and Five pulls um, one of Rex's guns on them and they shoot him uh, dead uh, right there. Uh, Fox shoot him, shoots him dead right there. Uh, Fives dies in Rex's arms, uh, and then they, uh, the, the Jedi talk with Palpatine after, and Palpatine's personal doctors realize that a parasite native to Ringo Vinda, um, was the thing that mal that made, uh, his ship malfunctioned. And just in case, they made inoculations for that, uh, parasite, and are going to inoculate the entire clone army against that. Um, and nobody suspects anything about the inhibitor chips. Meanwhile, uh, Dooku contacts his master, and uh, Palpatine says to Dooku, uh, when the time is right, nothing will stop us from executing Order 66. And the Arkans. Okay. Uh, the fortune cookie is the popular belief isn't always the correct one. Boy, can you say that again? What? Boy, can uh, boy, can you say that again? Yep. I mean, <laughs> this is most true, I think, as I just said, for the Jedi, since obviously the Kevin Owens and Palpatine are are playing dumb to hide Order sixty six. But the Jedi, I think, they're just not looking hard enough at the facts. They're more interested in hierarchy protocols maintaining the status quo going back to business as usual they say they want answers but i don't think they want answers badly enough to even really try and and get the truth they care more about subconsciously i guess they care more about getting the answer that feels less threatening than maybe what is really the case yeah so i don't know it was just the jedi really and especially Shock T, but really all the Jedi really, really kind of disappointed me um, yeah. in, in this arc. I don't know about you, but I was not too pleased with what I saw. Yeah, the Jedi weren't the best in this arc. Um, I will say this to you about this. Um, so I'm not sure how familiar you are. I'm not sure how familiar you are with philosophy. Um, but have you ever heard of utilitarianism? Yes, I've heard of utilitarianism. This is utilitarianism. Utilitarianism Make. is the philosophical idea that it, it, it's a, it treats uh, decision-making like a math problem, and mm. it, its goals are to provide the most amount of good for the most amount of people. Basically, the popular belief under utilitarianism is the right thing to do, which yeah. directly pushes against this. This episode is anti-utilitarianism. Uh, it's a modern philosophy, uh, the, the, the father of the modern utilitarianism is a British philosopher named Jeremy Bentham, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, five, the popular belief is that Fives is crazy for saying all these things about the inhibitor chips, yeah. but he's right. The rebels in, you know, the original trilogy era are, almost always aren't the popular belief. Yeah. You know, look at Luke in four. Uh, I, I don't like the Empire, I hate it, but there's just nothing I can do about it right now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But just because something is widely believed doesn't mean it's true. It's 
a dangerous hazard that Palpatine often uses because he'll just say things and because he's the Chancellor, people will believe him and nobody's going to question him because why would they? Yeah, because he's so he's so well-liked and he has this persona, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I find it very interesting, the philosophical underpinnings of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. You made some really good points. Um, but yeah, about this episode, you know, I know just just starting off with um it is it is to me absolutely terrifying terrifying how palpatine can can manipulate everybody and and the jedi especially just accept it and go along with it the way he manipulates the narrative when when he's faced directly with the chips and you see his face he's scowling as he sees the the two tumors in the in the slides in the glass slides and then, and then, in an instant, once he goes into that room with fives, in an instant, he's just able to take control again so easily. It's yeah. it's terrifying. By the to, way, to, like yeah. to to think about having to face that if you if I was in Star Wars, it's just yeah. terrifying. It, it, what Palpatine does with the narrative is is masterful to say the least. Oh yes, I do want to ask you, how does Shakti not notice that Nala say drugs fives? Like she's yeah. standing like, right there. He's just loopy. Like he's so loopy. How does she not? No, but like it's... as he's stabbed with the syringe, she's standing like six yeah, feet yeah. away from them. How does she not notice that? I'm so confused. Um, but anyway, uh, at some point he even says like they drugged me. Yeah, but nobody like, believes him for some reason. I don't know. Um, it's such a shame. It is, it is such, such a shame. A shame. Um, I will say, did you notice the Revenge of the Sith-esque imagery in yes. the beginning of this episode? The, uh, we have the, the medical red, center. We have the red row guards, first mm-hmm. of all. And second of all, that medical center looks a lot like the medical center where Darth yeah. Vader was given his cybermenics at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Canonically, it's actually in the same uh, medical complex. Although oh, that's not, good! Yes, it is confirmed on StarWars.com in the episode guide. It is confirmed... In the trivia gallery, it is confirmed that it is they are in the same medical complex. However, it's actually not the same room. But like, Although I think all that the would rooms be insane. In the medical complex are designed, I assume, pretty similarly. Yeah, it's like you look at that and you're like, wow. Yeah, like that, that's a choice. That's an artistic choice they made because we're trying. We're again, one of the main purposes of the Clone Wars as a series is to bridge the gap between clones and Sith. This is directly tying into Revenge of the Sith as a movie. Um, it's incredible, frankly. Um, yeah, and, oh, it's great. I loved that part yeah. of the episode. Um, just seeing that room, I'm like, I recognize that room. Yeah, I know. It was a incredible moment, I thought. Um, but then, you know, once, uh, once Fives escapes again, Shock T, she's like fives. She says fives may no longer be the man you knew, referring to the inhibitor chip being removed. I'm like, I'm like, really, Shock T? How easily swayed are you? Like, come on, that, like, nah, man. It's just, it's just frustrating watching the Jedi in, in this episode and, and this episode especially. We get so close to the truth. We get so close to the truth being revealed. Absolutely. And then, it, and then it isn't because fives has has been drugged. Um, 
And the, the, the most heartbreaking thing about this episode, I think is that when fives faces Rex and, um, and Anakin, he, he kind of is insane because of um, the mental stress that he's under and the fact that he's been drugged and he can't, he can't, uh, he can't communicate. Um, and to me, that's, that's one of the saddest parts of all, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, we get so incredibly close. Um, and, uh, you know, there's that line. Also, I gotta say, my favorite line in the entire episode, maybe the entire arc, is Palpatine saying to Fives, No. Where were we? Oh, yeah. It's the instantaneous transformation from Palpatine to Sidious in one line. Yeah. It's it's an incredible transformation. Um, yeah. Like even if you don't know anything about Palpatine's double identity, if you, the people around him got to be thinking at that point, like, how has everyone not thought? Maybe maybe they do think, God, this guy is creepy. Well, like this guy is well, off his rocker. Well, Shock T and Nala say are not in the room. Yeah, they're not. But I, I just mean like he does that so often in the Clone Wars. Like, oh yeah, even when he is is facing, you know, when he, even when he is facing the Jedi, you know talking to Padme, whatever it is. He just... Yeah. Yeah. He... he. There is something about him. I would have... Uh, I like to think I would have picked up on it, but maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, but... It, it's incredible. Um, also, here's my main question to you about this episode. What do you think Palpatine told Fives? We never know. I think Fives, Fives kind of says, he says, like, Palpatine told me. So I think that, I think Fives, I think Palpatine was maybe trying to kill Fives. I don't know. And maybe, maybe, maybe my, my theory is that because we hear Fives say, like, Palpatine told me, like, he told me this stuff. Like, my theory was that Palpatine decided it would be fun or for whatever reason, he tells Fives, and then he tries to have his clones kill him, or maybe make that commotion. But then, obviously, we saw Fives like take out like five or six clone troopers hand to hand on Camino. So I think that maybe Fives Fives um, was able to overpower the other clones. Um, but then, rather than use the Force, which could expose himself um, if the Jedi were able to sense it or see that he, he died not from a blaster. I think Palpatine was like, okay, he tried to kill me um, rather than rather than try and kill him himself. That would be my uh, that would be my theory. See, my thing is I thought Palpatine's entire goal was to set up the situation as, oh, he's trying to kill me. Hmm, interesting. Uh, um, because I thought what would happen is Palpatine would tell Fives a part of the truth, which would make Fives so mad he would attack Palpatine in his mm. day's state which would then be framed against him, even though he was right. That is that is a possibility as well. I think, yeah, to me, that's the second most, actually, to me, that's like as good of a, that's as good of a, a possibility. Um, yeah, just the way that Palpatine was, was saying, oh, where were we? And the fact that he really wanted to be alone. It, yeah. it seems to me, I, I mean, either way, either he wanted to be alone so that he could, manipulate fives and attacking him or he wanted to be alone so he could silence fives either way the end goal is the same where he wants to 
manipulate the the story and and change the narrative. Yeah. Um Also, again, I literally wrote down and uh and I know we've already talked about the similarities between this arc and Ahsoka's trial, but um uh but I wrote, literally wrote down are none of the Jedi getting deja vu with this in Ahsoka's trial? Like none yeah. of them, none of them even bring it up. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I think, strange. Yeah, maybe they just. Who knows? It, it's a little bit of mystery. Who knows? Yeah, it's weird. I want to go back to uh, the bar scene, the clone yeah. bar scene, clone because bar I thought that was 79s. interesting. The idea of that there is a clone bar scene, yeah. I think, and the fact that he went there symbolically was important because this is where the clones, they have their helmets off, they're partying. It's the one time where they're not doing something specifically to benefit the Republic. Yeah. And even then they're only allowed to do it probably because the Republic decided, oh, if we let them go out and party sometimes, it'll be good for morale. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how they've formed their own identity in this group as they stick up for fives kind of not, I guess for whatever reason, not paying for the taxi and they're, and yeah. clearly they've kind of formed their identity. They're also drunk. They've Yeah. They are drunk. Like they've formed an identity as a group separate from other sentient beings as clones. And they really stick together, which I on I honestly though, it might be a little bit ironic, but I don't think that that is contrary to the idea that the clones also have a lot of individuality that maybe the Kaminoans didn't want or did not did not anticipate them developing. The yeah. fact that they're kind of absolutely they have an individual identity and they have a group identity. Those things are yeah. not mutually exclusive. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Do we want to go straight to the warehouse, or do you have stuff more before the warehouse? I don't know. I just really. I just love the bar scene. Not too much to say about it, but it was incredible. Just the sense of of of, of desperation to me. It's almost, a new environment, is what yeah. it is. It almost it almost felt like Fives was a dead man walking yeah. in this scene. The way he was moving, the way he was just interacting with his environment, the way it all felt, just trying so hard to save himself and his friends from the inevitable tide of the dark side in order 66. But yeah, he just, he's so hopelessly outmatched by these forces beyond his comprehension that he is, he's a dead man walking. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of his last, his uh, last gasp attempt to, uh, to, um, to make things right. I agree with that. Um, do we want to go to the warehouse now? Let's do it. So Anakin and Rex go to the warehouse and they're trapped in a uh, ray shield by uh, by Fives, um, who tries to explain the plan to them. But of course, Five, uh, but of course, Fox barges in with the Coruscant guard, and eventually he shoots Fives. And I want you to notice that after he shoots Fives, Fox takes off his helmet. Star Wars loves the helmet symbolism. The mm. helmets in oh, yeah. Star Wars rep represent a lot of homogeny. They represent a lot of, you know, the sameness, the part of the group sort of thing. 
But as soon as you take off the helmet, you have the individuality. As soon as you take off the helmet of Darth Vader, he becomes the Jedi Anakin Skywalker. As soon as you take the helmet yeah. off of Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, he becomes Din Djarin, the person. As soon as you take the helmet off of Boba Fett, he becomes... He, he ceases to be Boba Fett, the armor, and becomes Boba Fett, the person. And yeah. when he takes the helmet off of Fox, he no longer is Fox, the clone. He's Fox, the person. Yeah. And, you know, we see the entire course on guard circled around five fives with their helmets off. And I think they realize what they just did. And I think they realize what they were complicit in. And it's, 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 it's such that it's this incredibly dramatic and like just soulful scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Yeah, the the way that the system works to kind of pit all the clone troopers against anyone who kind of breaks the the conformity of their mandate in any way, even though their brothers is is incredible to the point where Fox kind of kills um, Fox just straight up kills um, Fives. Yeah, um, and and to be fair, it's not entirely without reason but you know he could have stunned him he could have uh yeah there were other ways and yeah and he just ultimately didn't. he uh he made that choice um which is really tragic but it, it just really shows um the 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 mastery with which palpatine um kind of created this self-reinforcing system and let's go to let's go back to to good soldiers follow orders yeah box again. is a good soldier um the real fortune cookie of this arc, I wrote down, good soldiers follow orders, but good people follow their heart. Mm, yeah. And I I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and, I think that's a good way to, to look Fox at it. obeys orders, but look what that gets him. One of his colleagues dead. Yeah. In the name of what? Yeah. Not just a colleague, a brother. A brother, yeah. Someone yeah. with his own DNA. I know. It's it's a true it's truly tragic. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a Yeah. So, this, this arc is just ah, it's chef's it hurts. Kiss. It's, like, it's it so hurts, it's so it's beautiful and it's chef's kiss. But it, it hurts so bad too. At the it same time, it really does. I I will. And, I, yeah. I will. Fives' death scene. Ugh, it's awful. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. By he's, the way, he he's so pure in his intentions, but yeah, he just, the system is just set up so that hashtag, he won't be believed. Hashtag R.I.P. to a real to a real one. one. Yes. Uh, yes. And then and then to follow that scene up with with Palpatine. Every day we cl grow closer to victory. Based on what, like, buddy? Based oh on what? God. I mean, no, the 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 double the double meaning of that, the double entendre. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a good point. He's talking to the Jedi and talking about the Republic. But he's could be but, also, but he's also talking, talking about, about himself. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's clearly also talking about the Sith. Oh, like, that's very that smart. Point, I did not notice he's just, that. He's just having too much fun with it. He like, is you having, gotta hand it to he's him. Having, he's so having so much fun. With fun. It. Yeah. He's, he's having too much early fun. Early in the episode, he was like, a Separatist plot before the war started? That seems so unlikely. I'm like, yeah. shut up, Palpatine. You're having way yeah. too much fun with this. No, he's such a manipulator that he just... He, he, <laughs> He's having glitches. You have to laugh. It's it's amazing. It's hilarious. Oh my god! It's the, the, yeah. This arc is just astonishing to me. Um, to wrap up my thoughts on it, um, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, what they did, how well they they executed this arc. Um, I think I think it's kind of it's it's kind of amazing. Um, when when we get to these later seasons of the Clone Wars, how much they take on. And how well they execute it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible. Because just because you take on an important storyline doesn't doesn't guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna do it right. You're gonna kill it. But, but they killed it. Yeah, they killed it. They yeah. killed it with Ahsoka. They killed it with all of season five, and they they killed it here. They killed it with season six. Um, yeah. I will also just ask you one more thing before we wrap this whole thing up and talk about our overall thoughts about the arc. Yeah. What did you think about Palpatine ending? The whole thing by saying nothing will be able to stop us from executing Order sixty six. I, I don't know. What do you mean? I, I mean, I, mean, I, think it was I feel a, like it's a bit ham fisted, but I also love it. Yeah, I it, mean, I think it's like they, so perfect. Like just in case you didn't understand just, what these past yeah. four episodes were about. Just in case you don't know what's what's happening, we're gonna spell it out for you so clearly. You yeah. cannot possibly miss it. Yeah. Um, good thing no clones overheard that conversation. Though. Oh, good thing, yeah. Or, or else they would have. Or else things would have been back to really square sick. one. Back to square. Back to square one. Damn yeah. it! Still close. Entire arc's work of progress just gone. Um, yeah, just like that. So yeah, I I agree with what a lot of a lot of what Jacob says. Um, it's an incredible start to the Lost Missions, uh, and I love this arc. I love season six's just general tone. It's probably my favorite season of this show honestly season six um and i i love the um it's it's just such a it's such a well executed arc and it has so, so many interesting themes about you know individual versus conforming to a group and you know following orders and all that kind of stuff um i also like the impact that it's had you know, this arc has a has more of an impact than people give it credit for. It directly impacts things that have happened, not only in the rest of the show, but also in The Bad Batch and in Star Wars Rebels. Um, and even in, you know, uh, the, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. It's impacted things like that. Um, uh, and, yeah. It's it, it's great. It's a beautiful it arc. Um, uh, what are you? What is your ranking for these four? Man, they all. I really enjoyed all of them. Honestly, um, it, it's hard for me to to give them a ranking. Although, I would say, I think I have to put orders at number one. Um, Fugitive at number two. Amazing, as well. Um, Conspiracy was the episode that surprised me the most with how much I enjoyed it, at least compared to uh, to, to previous times that I'd watched it. And then at number one, but not by much, The Unknown. At number one? Or sorry, at, uh, number, at number four. four. 
At number four. Yeah. My bad. So you four. did top to bottom. I thought I was going to go that way. I'm actually going to surprise people by saying this. I'm going to say number four, conspiracy. Number mm. three, um, the unknown. Number two, orders. And number one, fugitive. Um, I, I think... Orders is probably a better executed episode than Fugitive, but I like watching Fugitive a little bit more because I like Fives and covering the mystery a little bit more. Mm. And and because because you know Orders is almost a little too sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot it of the concepts it's ec- it executes wrong. Jedi actually executes better than it does. Um. So you know. Um. But yeah. Uh, that's it for our analysis of these episodes. Um, now we get to the, uh, everybody's favorite part of Star Wars in the Galaxy. What you've brought me to die is worth one quarter portion. Yes, everybody's favorite part. And today we are doing some Star Wars opinions where we ask each other questions about our Star, Star Wars, Wars opinions. opinions. Yep, absolutely. Let's get into it. You go first. All right. Eli, if you could add on one extra season to any Star Wars show, either either presently in production or past, which would it be? And if it's a show that's in progress, I guess you just have an extra you'd have an extra season dropped in your lap ready to uh ready to binge watch. Yeah, Star Wars Resistance season 3 do it. Yeah. I think that show that's a good choice because that show is really kind of hampered. Yeah. By um, I think only having only having a two seasons, few seasons yeah. when they they really just needed more time. Yeah. They needed more time. I know your answer already, but Re- but uh, Resistance yes. season uh, three. But you say yeah. Rebel season five. Yeah, I think a Rebel season five, or even a Rebels, even just a one season Rebels follow up show. Yeah. Would be. I, I think it would be amazing. I um, think they're going to do a lot of that stuff in live action, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that... I, I wish that they wouldn't do so much live action because I think that... I just... I love the animation. I feel like that's where those characters were really created and, and really earned themselves a place in our in our hearts and in our minds. So yeah, I would love to see that honored by seeing more of that done in animation. But, you know, if, if not, so be it. Um I'm sure it'll be. Uh, I'm sure it'll be very interesting either way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first question to you: What is the next character that you want a book of Boba Fett esque, you know, character driven show for? Man, who do I want a character driven show for? That is an excellent question. I feel like there are a lot of options. I think I'm tempted to say some characters that really don't have a lot of airtime, but I feel like the book of Boba Fett wouldn't have been successful if it had been based only on the mystique of Boba Fett from, from five and six. I think that the fact that we saw a little bit of Boba Fett in the Clone Wars, for example, really kind of helped out his case for, for having his own show. So with that in mind, I think it would be amazing to see a show about I think Wedge Wedge Antilles. Oh, I really think you know a lot of the comics. I'm thinking about a lot of these, the old Legends Marvel comics. Um, not the super old ones from the '80s, but you know, 
90s 2000s the legends comics some of the the, the feats that he pulls off in the x-wing books and in in the comics i can't remember um i can't remember the name of this one comic i have of yeah, him and him and luke and some other pilots are doing all these amazing things trying to search for a, a new rebel base post hoth and i would just really like to see him explored more as a character so that would, that would be my pick that's a good that's a good choice my personal pick, I think, would be Lor Santeca. I think because, you know, this guy is a member of the Church of the Force, um, which is basically a religious group that believes in the Force as the Jedi do, but they don't actually have the power of the Force. And I think you get into some really interesting ideas as to, you know, why was he hiding on Jakku? What was he doing with Luke's map? What connection does he have with Luke? And, you know, that sort of... You know, how does he know Leia and all that kind of stuff? I, I want to know more about that character and his past. I think it'd be interesting. And we could uh, explore the galaxy more post-original trilogy and pre-sequel trilogy era. I think it would just be really interesting to have a, a Book of Lorsanteca show or something like that. Okay, what's your Absolutely. next What's What's your next one? Next question. Which Star Wars Legends book or comic really, really needs a canon on-screen adaptation? Darth Plagueis. Yeah, Plagueis, amazing. I'm going to say Darth Bane. Oh, the Bane that too. That would have been my second choice, but yeah. yeah. Both, both incredible. Both, uh, both and Lucino wrote just for absolutely canon. gripping. Lucino wrote for canon. And I know Carpitian, yeah. who wrote the Bane books, wants to do some things for canon. So. Yeah. Hashtag free Carpation. <laughs> Hashtag would, free Carpation. That would be amazing to, to see him um, to, to see him do something for a canon. Um, yeah. Um, okay. My ne- final Star Wars Opinions question. Call out for me what you think is an underrated twist in anything Star Wars. An underrated twist. Yeah. In anything Star Wars, mm, that is an interesting question. Um, that is a very interesting question. Um, underrated twist in anything Star Wars. I can't think of a lot of twists off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, I think maybe this is a little bit niche since it's a book. But I think Thrawn meeting Anakin in Thrawn alliances, that that to me, that whole thing was pretty awesome and, and pretty unexpected. Yeah. So I would say Thrawn alliances. I, I totally, um, yeah, I remember reading that. And I remember being very interested in that storyline. Mine personally would be probably that Colossus is a mobile space station at the end of Resistance Season 1. Like, it was an extension of the theme that we got in the fourth season of Rebels. But we actually got to see this whole mobile base thing in action. Uh, and, you know, that... It completely flipped the show upside down for its second season and took us to some really interesting places um, where the Colossus almost became like the ghost for that second season in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Thank you, um, as always, for listening to this episode. Um, uh, next week, next week, this episode is posting 
on the two-year anniversary of the posting of the first episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Next week, we're going to take a little time to celebrate. Jacob and I are going to do a retrospective episode on the first two years of Star Wars in a Galaxy and all of our favorite memories from doing so. Um, the week afterwards, we can make this announcement now. Episode 2 of Season 9 is going to be our first guest spot of 2022. Jacob and I are so thrilled to, to, uh, to welcome Laura and Alice of Star Wars Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour, um, the incredible Star Wars podcast. Um, we've been wanting to get them on for such a long time, and we finally managed to get a date that works for all of us. Um, and we'll be talking about the uh, Rush Clovis arc in Season 6. Uh, we're so excited for them to join us. Um, and so that's what the next two weeks is going to be like for Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at InAGalaxyPod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify and... Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Anchor. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, we'll be there. If we're not, email us. Uh, for next week, we are going. To, we are welcoming questions and messages and all that kind of stuff for uh, about the first two years of In a Galaxy and what we have planned for the third one. Uh, uh, so email us at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can. Uh, it really does help our visibility. Um, and in the meantime... May the Force be with you. Always. Always.